morning, everybody. My name is Andrew. I'm the senior minister at St Mark's. And we're going to talk, as Viva said, about this passage in the Song of Songs today. Well, as we come together today, we are at the end of the series that we've been doing on this book, the Song of Songs. And we started off this series a few months ago looking at thinking about what this particular book of the Bible is actually doing in the Bible and how we can read it as one of the books of the Bible. So the Song of Songs, as you might know, is a love poem. And that's as far away for many of us from spiritual things or from God as we can imagine anything being. And it's not just any love poem, it's a very passionate love poem. And it describes, as we've seen, the entire story of a relationship with its ups and downs and the deep desire for connection and for fulfilment that we're all seeking in love one way or another. And the way we've interpreted the Song of Songs and its place in the Bible is to remember that the story that we have of our relationship with God is a love story as well. So the images and the feelings and the situations that flow out of a passionate romantic relationship can be and are wonderful signs of the kind of experiences that God is calling us into when he opens his life to us and when we open our hearts to him. So my purpose in looking at the Song of Songs with you was to help us as a congregation perhaps to understand more deeply the heart side of Christianity, the side that is about direct and genuine experience of God in us. Many of us may understand the mind side of Christianity very well, the beliefs and the thoughts that we have about God, and perhaps we even understand the doing side of faith very well, the call that we have to serve God and to follow Christ in all our actions and the things that we do with our lives. But I do know that for many people, they feel they miss the heart of their relationship with God and their faith seems dry or empty to them. And so I want us to understand and experience again this sense of the heart, of passion, that is in God's heart for us. And what does that mean? And so we've seen across this series that that happens to us and can in various ways. So I want to recap for you, what does the Song of Songs, read alongside the rest of the Bible, especially the Gospel of Jesus, what does it tell us about our experience of God? So remember, firstly, we've seen that it reminds us that the goal of our lives, in the deepest sense, is for union with God for connection with God and for the life of God and his love. That is our goal. Even the greatest human love, love that is more delightful than wine, as the Song of Songs says, we can see that as a shadow or a symbol of the love of God that he's calling us into. And God's love, we learn, is beyond what even we can describe, even with the best of metaphors. And in this life, we only get a taste of it. That's the first thing we saw. The second thing we thought about was how we experience sometimes in our lives the sense that God is calling us. Why do we start on the journey of wanting to know God? Well, this experience that we have sometimes of God's call is like the lover who says to the young woman in this poem, come away with me. I think we've seen that we sometimes find that we experience a sense of longing or desire for something greater than we have known before. And often it calls us to abandon other things, to seek after God and his love. Thirdly, we thought about the experience when we have the absence of God's presence in our lives, like when the person we love has gone away 
and we find ourselves lonely and missing them. And we talked a bit about the dark night of the soul, which is when God withdraws the experience of his presence from us for a while so that we can learn to have a mature and stable love for him. Our next exploration after that was of the idea of how is it that God actually views us. We saw that he views us with the kind of delight with which we view other people that we love and whom we find beautiful and attractive. We are made in God's image and fundamentally God's attitude towards us is of a genuine appreciation for what he's made us to be in our individual and our personal nature. As the lover in the Song of Songs says to his beloved, there is no flaw in you. And that is God's voice to us. And this is a comfort to us, we saw, when other voices try to tear us down or tell us otherwise. And then we thought about the way that often falling in love with someone makes us view them as glorious. The woman in the Song of Songs says, my beloved is radiant. And a lot more she says too. And we actually remembered that this glory or this radiance in a person is something that Jesus has brought into the world again in a new way. With the promise that all of us are destined to be filled with the glory of God. And our challenge and opportunity now is to see that in ourselves and in other people as we will look at them with God's eyes. Then we thought about the place of the Holy Spirit in our relationship with God. We learned the Holy Spirit is the presence of God and of Jesus to us in this period of the world. To give us the security that in the midst of our life God is with us. That sense of connection that we like we have with someone that we share a real intimacy with even over a long distance. As the woman says in the Song of Songs, we know of God that I am my beloved's and he is mine. And finally, two weeks ago, we thought about the idea of enjoyment or pleasure, which of course the Song of Songs is often about. The woman invites her lover to come away with her to the beautiful countryside and experience every delicacy, new and old. And on that topic, we thought about the pleasures of God and in his creation and all the varied experiences of himself that he offers to us when we seek him and how all of us have our own path and our own special ways of meeting with God in every different part of our lives, ways in which we can be energised and renewed by him. So I think all of those topics build together for me, and I hope for us, a picture of what a true and authentic Christian spirituality should be. The overall theme of this series for me is captured by the phrase that the woman says in Song of Songs, verse five, chapter 5, verse 2. She says, I slept, but my heart was awake. Because of her love for this man, her heart was awake, and she was sensitive to all the things that were happening inside her spirit in their relationship. And I think this is the opportunity that we can have as we read the Song of Songs now. There is so much in this poem that opens up for us what our life with God can be like if our hearts are awake. To let us understand that Christianity is and should be a joyful faith, a joyful faith. And so the treasures of experience that are open to those people who know God are actually limitless and we miss out on them when we're not awake in our hearts, when we're asleep, when we're deadened to our sensibilities towards God. And so we can come to know, this book promises, that God's love is more powerful and compelling than anything else. And I think that's why we need our word today from our final passage that we're looking at in Song of Songs. And so we read here, the woman, in her mature and secure love, she is aware that her love needs a passionate, lifelong 
commitment and that its power needs to grow and be kept strong across their lifetime. So as we read, she says to her lover, place me like a seal over your heart, like a seal on your arm, for love is as strong as death, its jealousy as unyielding as the grave. It burns like a blazing fire, like a mighty flame. So she has this hope that their love, which they have found when they were young, is so strong that it will remain and grow across their entire life to death. She is convinced of its power and she asks this man for his total devotion in return. Now this is the marriage vow that we often know, isn't it? Till death do us part. Asking for a total commitment and power of love that will overcome every obstacle in its way. Till death do us part. This is the kind of love that most people want, isn't it? What we're looking for when we do make the jump into commitments like marriage or a lifelong friendship or putting our faith in Jesus Christ. Looking for love that lasts till death do us part. What we can experience though is that this blazing fire of love at the beginning is in practice incredibly fragile, isn't it? Most people start romantic relationships in great intimacy and excitement. Open to each other, enjoying each other, wanting to be together. But we know that the challenges and the distractions of the years can wear away at our heart and make people feel closed or empty or resentful towards each other. That's why about half of all our marriages fail along the way. The love that felt so strong at the beginning, it burns out all so often. And the fact is, the same may be true with our faith, with our experience of God's relationship. And that is a shame, as it leads for people not persevering through the years of their faith and falling away from Jesus and seeking other things. And I've known many people whom that has happened to. The fire of love was strong when we were young, but it has died out now. So this woman we read, she's convinced for her, her love is as strong as death. That love will overcome death. But is love that strong? That's the question. Death is very strong too. We know that death captures everything in the end. And sometimes the power of death, it reaches out into our life before we die and kills our hope and our joy and our love for each other. And even if it doesn't, death will still come for us eventually. And it's unfortunate, the kind of promise that romantic love makes and the kind of hope and feeling that we see in the Song of Songs, it seems in the end to perhaps be a promise that love cannot keep. Now, Song of Songs comes right after the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, and we're going to look at Ecclesiastes together in term three. In some ways, that book is an antidote to the Song of Songs. So the teacher in the book of Ecclesiastes is a realist who would tell us that no matter how wonderful love is, however much we enjoy it when we're young, it was still like a smoke or a mist and it will eventually vanish into nothingness. Now we know the young lovers in the Song of Songs have been dead and gone for thousands of years now. And that's why I do believe that while this poem is enjoyable to read, we do need to read it as a pointer towards something else, something deeper, which is the love of God towards him. And I think that's why it is in the Bible for us to study. Because the question does remain for us all whether 
it is love or death that will win in the end, which is stronger. And I think that's why we needed to keep going back to Jesus in this series and relating this book to him. Because what we do find in love, in Jesus, I believe, is a different kind of love and one that is, in fact, strong as death or, indeed, stronger than death. Last week, Jerome gave us a message from 1 John, which is a letter in the New Testament that is actually all about how the love of God is for us and how we can experience God's love in our lives. I want to read to you from 1 John chapter 4, verses 15 to 18. So John says, If anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them and they in God. And so we know and rely on the love that God has for us. God is love. Whoever lives in love lives in God and God lives in them. This is how love is made complete among us, that so that we will have confidence on the day of judgment. In this world, we are like Jesus. There is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made perfect in love. So verse 17 there, it speaks about the day of judgment. That could mean many things, but I think for me, the day of judgment is really for us our time of death. The experience of when we are confronted with that reality of death. The time in our experience when life and love and all that we have meets death. Meets the power of death and evil and there is a reckoning between them in our lives and a contest over which is victorious. Many of us are familiar with talking about the day of judgment as a kind of legal verdict like standing in a courtroom and hearing that we're judged innocent in Christ and that is true. But I think the deeper thing that this letter of John tells us is that our day of judgment is a confrontation, finally, between the place of love in our lives and the power that death has over us. And so in this judgment, John says, for those in Christ, the love of God will win because it cannot be defeated and, in fact, has already defeated death. And so he says, for those who have this love, it is a real felt knowledge that builds security in the face of of the power of death. There is a complete security in the love of God which is stronger than anything else. It cannot be overcome. It will never fade, no matter what happens to us. So God's love and his faithfulness and perseverance with us is beyond our comprehension. And so if in this life we live in God's love, if our hearts are open to him and are awake to him, and our union with God through Jesus grows stronger and stronger throughout our journey, then we will know that this love is stronger than death. Jesus will be like the seal over our hearts that the Song of Songs talks about, the seal of love that is placed. And of course, the Holy Spirit on this day of Pentecost, we remember, is also the seal of love on the hearts of God's people to remind them that love is stronger than death. I think the Song of Songs in the end is an invitation to us to pursue the full knowledge and experience of God's love and his presence in our life as much as is possible for us. We are not waiting for heaven to enjoy God's love. The way of the heart, as I might call it, as a Christian, it's an immensely deep way and the treasures that it offers are beyond the other precious things that we could imagine. Even the most amazing and the full love that we experience with another person, the kind of love that Song of Songs speaks about, it's just a hint of what we are made to know as we grow in the love of God. So I want to ask us today, how do we start that journey then? How do we continue on it? 
There are some ways, I think, that we can cultivate a heart that's awake, and they've come out, I think, as we've applied our topics so far. So let me tell you what I think some ways might be. Firstly, I would encourage you, as you go about your life, to listen to your heart more and listen to what it is that you really desire. What are you looking for in the midst of all the greatest experiences of any kind that you have? Is there within them something behind or underneath or deeper that is pulling you further and further into some deep experience? Go after that seeking. Don't be satisfied with less than what God has to offer. Listen to what he says to your heart. That's my first encouragement. The second thing is I would encourage us all to give thanks constantly for the world that we're in, for our life, for the things that we have and the gifts that God has given you, including your own life, which is infinitely precious in his sight. We often live in a felt sense of poverty in the midst of what is an amazing abundance of beautiful things that God has given us that are completely free to everyone as an evidence of his love. Let's give thanks for that. Open our hearts to his goodness. The third thing, I would encourage us to spend time and energy pursuing God. Find the ways that God speaks to you. Where does God meet you in your life? And then go and meet him there. Make time for that. Make time for his presence in you, where he meets you, wherever that is. Another thing I would encourage you to do is interpret our experience of life in the light of what God teaches us about himself and how he relates to us. What does this book teach us about what it's the ups and downs or ins and outs of our relationship with God are like? So if it comes a time when you feel spiritually numb and spiritually dry, it may be that you are being invited into a deeper relationship and experience of God's love that doesn't just rely on your temporary feelings. That is a gift. And if that's where you are at the moment, you are experiencing God's love for you. Finally, I'd encourage us all to pursue our own relationships with our family, with our friends, with our romances and all the other relationships that we have. Pursue those with hope and pursue them with passion because they are the best sign and experience of what it is to know God. There is no other symbol that will teach you more about God's love than the love of others. The more you know how to love each other and other people, the more you will know God. Those things always go together. So encourage us to pursue other people and their love too. That's my encouragement. The the Song of Songs, if you read it to the end, it doesn't end with a happily ever after or the couple settling down to a kind of normal life together. In the final songs that we read, the lovers have the final songs that the lovers have for each other, they are still, we can read, calling each other to a new adventure. They still want more. They still want to get away. They want to start again. And they are looking, even at the end of this poem, for even more from each other and their experience of love. So let me read the final verses of the Song of Songs, the words this man and woman say to each other. So he says, You who dwell in the gardens with friends in attendance, let me hear your voice. And she says, come away, my beloved, and be like a gazelle or like a young stag on the spice-laden mountains. So the story for this couple is not over at the end of this poem. And so for us, our experience of God is not over. It is able to be renewed today, as he calls us, if we have an open heart to listen and to respond. I want to pray that we will do so as we consider his love today. Let me pray.
Lord, we are blessed to remember, to be reminded that the goal of all our lives is to live in your love and to have your love live in us. I pray that in the midst of life, that would be our deepest desire and the heart of all our striving. We thank you that in Christ we have your love in our midst and your spirit is like a seal upon our hearts. I pray that our confidence in your love would be stronger than the power of death, overcoming all the obstacles between us and your love. I pray for everyone here that in all our lives, in every moment, your love would come closer to us and we would know who you really are. And we pray that we would continually go away with you into the new place that you call us to follow and have the courage and the trust that that is where we should be. So I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.